Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. This year has been a year where we are preaching and ministering on harvest. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19 through 21, you see a story of Elijah and Elisha. In verse 19, it says this, So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him, and he was with the 12. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And Elijah said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? Now, if you read in previous scriptures, you know that God told Elijah to anoint Elisha. That God had called Elisha. Who called Elisha? God. Who was to take the mantle after Elijah left? Elisha. But who said that? God did. Who ordained it? God did. Who appointed it? God did. Not man, because when Elijah went to Elijah and said, let me kiss my father and my mother, I'll follow you. What did he say to him? Go back again for what have I done? What have I done? I didn't do nothing. I just was obedient to God. But if you notice in verse 19, what was Elisha doing? He was working. He was working the ground. He was plowing the field. Elijah found Elisha laboring. In Matthew chapter 9, our core scripture for this year, the Bible says in chapter, verse 36, 35 through 38, sorry, that to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers. Laborers. Say laborers. Workers. We are laborers. And he said to pray to the Lord of the harvest. Who brings the harvest? God does. But who does the work? We do. See, Elisha is laboring. He's working. He's being committed. He's being faithful to what he is doing in that season of his life. And as he's being faithful to God, committed to God, God's seeing his heart, God's seeing who he is, saying, I'm going to anoint him. I'm going to put an anointing on him of a prophet. I've called him. I've purposed him. And I'm going to use Elijah to anoint him. I'm going to use Elijah to tell him, hey, the labor you're doing right here is done. There's another labor that you're going to do. There's a different work that you're going to do. The season's changing for your life. The time of what you're doing today is done. You're going into a new season. And as I was studying this, God began to tell me about an appointed time. Say an appointed time. Go to Genesis 18. I'll get back to that in a second. I'm going to go through the word a little bit. Genesis 18 says in verse 9, this is 
God or Jesus speaking to Abraham. Now, some people think that because this is Jesus or God. No one really knows. There are different ideas that this is Jesus in human flesh before the New Testament, before he comes as a baby. Some people say that this is actually God. I choose, honestly, just to be with the majority and say, I just don't know. I can see both. But it does say the Lord. In verse 9, it says, they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, she is in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Now, this is not the first time that God had told Abraham and Sarah, if you don't remember, that her name was Sarah, and he changed her name to Sarah because she laughed at what God said. He's already told them and promised them about 24 years before this that they were going to have a son, that Sarah was going to have Isaac. But he's reminding them again. Look at the words and how he talks to Sarah. I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and advanced in years. The way of woman had ceased to be with Sarah. I've looked up this in the Hebrew. I've studied it out a little bit. It literally means that there was no sexual arousal anymore. It wasn't there. Just, they're old in age. So Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? Like, how is this going to work? Listen to what God says. The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord at the appointed time? Say appointed time. I will return to you about this time next year and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it saying, I did not laugh for she was afraid. He said, no, but you did laugh. Look at this, verse 14. Is anything too hard for God? My question to you today, is anything too hard for God? The Bible says that with God, all things are what? And if you look in the New Testament, when Jesus was speaking, he was talking about leaving fathers, mothers, houses, children for my name's sake shall receive a hundred more in this life and the life to come, right? How many remember that? How many have read that? Do you know that with God, all things are possible? Do you know that with God, there is nothing too hard for him to do? When God speaks, when his word goes forth, because that's what he did. He spoke a promise to Abraham and to Sarah, and once he speaks, that's it. It's done. It's final. It will happen. He said... Let there be light, there was light. Let's make man in our own image. He made man in his own image and likeness. We know that when God spoke to Abraham about his covenant promise with him and what he was going to do, that it was threefold. 
It was a spiritual life. We were no longer going to be spiritually dead. It was also prosperity. Now, not prosperity as many think. There's no such thing in my mind as a prosperity gospel. Let me help you today. God wants you to prosper, but there will be seasons in your life where you, where you think prosperity is material things. It's not. You may have to learn to go through a season where you have to have faith in God and trust in God, where you don't have anything. Will you still have faith in God? And the third and final thing that he promised Abraham when it came to the covenant is healing. Say healing. Threefold. Do you know that we are inheritors of that through the seed being Jesus Christ? Go read Galatians. We have inherited that promise that God made with Abraham 430 years before the law because of Jesus Christ. Now, what am I saying here? God will do what he has spoken and said he will do. There is nothing too hard for God, but we a lot of times are like Sarah, where we laugh at what God says. Sometimes it's hard for us to fathom. Sometimes it's hard for us to comprehend the word of God being the Holy Bible. Have you ever had a challenging or challenges and conflicting moments within your life when it comes to the word of God? Anybody? Of course. And we are like Sarah. It's, sometimes it's laughable. Like, yeah, right. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I'm doing through, going through right now. You don't know what I've done. You don't understand where I've come from, who my parents are, who their parents were. You don't understand who my husband is. My God. You don't know who my wife is. Oh, have you seen my kids? How is it going to happen? The doctor told me it wasn't going to work. The doctor said, no way. You're born with this. This is yours. But what does his word say? When the word came to Elisha or Elijah, he was obedient and did exactly what he told him to do. And he threw his cloak on Elisha. And Elisha was called and purposed to do what God had set out for him to do. It was an appointed time. Notice in Sarah's life, he said, is anything too hard for me? No, it's not. At an appointed time. There is always an appointed time when God will fulfill what he promises. And today, knowing that we are in a season of harvest... I believe that by the spirit of God and by the word that God put in my heart in July of last year, that this is an appointed time for his church to reap up the harvest. This is an appointed time for you that you are going into a new season of your life. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 10, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap the flesh corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Verse 9 is important. And let us not grow weary. That word weary literally means out of the depths of the source and extending to the impact on the object. 
meaning it's within the source of yourself inside to where it affects everything. It also means an inner anger flowing out of morally rotten character, meaning the rot is already in the wood. And how many know that once the rot's in the wood, it just begins to spread? Once the rottenness is in the apple, it just begins to spread. Once you're getting weary and tired, it just begins to spread. It begins to affect your mental ability. It begins to affect your physical ability. It begins to affect your marriage. It begins to affect your family, your job, everything. But he said, do not grow weary. For in due season, that word due season literally means at an appointed time, a fixed time for an individual. There is a fixed time that God will perform in your life. We know that in Romans chapter 4 that Abraham trusted in what God said he would do and that he did not waver. But he stood in faith with no unbelief, fully convinced that what God had promised that he would be, or that what God said he would do, that he would do it. He would perform it. Do not grow weary. See, weariness can come to those that labor. Weariness can come to those that labor in vain. The Bible says, do not labor in vain. Do you know that that word vain means devoid of truth? Meaning that there are some people that will be laboring for God who will be doing it not within the truth of his word, but doing it for themselves. As you labor, let me help you. You will not be able to do it on your own strength. You will have to trust in the spirit of God that's in you. You will have to trust in the word of God that he is giving you. And you will have to stand. And it will be hard. But let me help you. There's joy today. There's great testimony today. There are many other people like you that walked before you on this earth that stood in faith that contended for the faith, that fought the good fight of faith. Come on. It's a testimony. And God proved himself to them. God worked. But let me help you today. Sometimes it's the road of faith that proves the goodness of God within our life. It's the road of just standing and trusting in God. See, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How do I know that God will be faithful to his word? Faith in him. Is it when I see it in the natural? No. It's spiritual. It's when I come to the point of believing his word. So how do I know I'm healed in my body? When I see the healing happen? No. Because that's not by faith. That's by the five senses. No, it's by faith in his word. And so you have to get the word of God in you. This is why you can't have faith. Let me help you today. You can't have faith if you do not know the word of God. You have to find scripture for what you are believing for. If you need healing in your body, then you need to get scriptures on healing. If you need prosperity in your life, meaning God to prosper you, cause you to increase and grow. And let me help you because we live in a time where there's a lot of people, a lot of denominations, or a lot of ideas and things that have muddied the water when it comes to God blessing you. Blessings, prosperity, is not about money. 
It ain't about fancy cars. And I'm sorry that there are bad representations within the church. I'm sorry. But that does not stop what God has spoken. How good of a father are you if you would let your children go broke? Would you not take care of your child? Why wouldn't the father do the same thing? And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about physically. All the other things will take care of itself. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. See, God will bless you so that you are able to be a giver. God will cause you to be rich, which means an abundant supply to do what you have to do for his kingdom. See, says, do not grow weary for doing good, for in due season we will reap if you do not give up. Now, that word give up literally means to let completely out as to entirely succumb with the outcome of losing inner strength. Let go. Don't succumb or come to that place with the outcome of losing inner strength. Don't give up to become exhausted to the point of fainting. This word is similarly used when a woman is about to give birth. I remember watching my wife about to give birth. And I was on the side just to clarify. Some of you guys are crazy. I couldn't do it. I'm on the side. And I'm seeing her push and just faint hearted. It was hard. She was weary. It was awesome, man. She was tired. She was not bed for about 14 hours I mean, she was yeah she was a champ man <laughs> but this is what this word is talking about you're literally you've done everything you possibly can he says don't give up I know you're exhausted I know you've been laboring because in this year the church will labor and it's going to feel exhausting it's going to feel like your prayers are unanswered it's going to feel like you're toiling you're stewarding the seed. You're doing everything God's called you to do. But God, where are you? It's going to feel like that at times. You're going to have to continue to press forward. You're going to have to continue to move forward and trust in God and have faith that God will perform what he said he will do. It's at an appointed time. I said a second ago that there's some of you that God has called to ministry or that you probably already are in ministry. Let me help you today. There's an appointed time that God will do what he's promised you. And I feel that prophetically. There is an appointed time that God will do exactly what he called you to do. And you will see the full manifestation of it. So don't worry. Don't get weary. But keep on working like Elisha was. Labor. Oh, it will come. And it will be better when it comes from the Lord. Now we know that there was also in Abraham's life an Ishmael. And an Ishmael is what God gave Abraham, but that wasn't the promise. See, the promise was for Sarah to have Isaac. And a lot of times we can supersede God's word and try to do it on our own, and what would be produced is an Ishmael. Now God will bless it, but it was far better to have Isaac. 
So don't allow yourself to run faster than where God is. Don't allow yourself to get impatient, but stay steadfast, immovable, trusting in what God has called you to do, trusting in the work right now. It was Elisha working right then at that moment where God called him. He found him working. And it's in the work that we do unto God where he finds us. It's in the work. The church is supposed to labor, meaning the body. We don't go to church two hours. You're the church 24-7. Guess what? You're preachers. I, I get so annoyed when, I ask, when people ask me, how many people do you have in your church? Why is that, for some reason, become the core question from Christians to other Christians? Why does it matter? How many people did you get born again this week? How many people were led to Christ this year? How come that's not the first question? How many people that were dead and going to hell are now set free and serving God and no longer bound by the things of this world? If God called you to 20 people, be faithful with 20 people. If God called you to 100, be faithful. If God called you to 1,000, 10,000, be faithful. God will give according to each person as he seems fit. It don't matter. Increase in our eyes is different than what God sees increase in growth as. And a lot of times the reason why things do not grow is because you cannot handle it and steward it because you're not stewarding what you have right now well. In a point in time, 2 Thessalonians 3 Verse 10 says, for even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. <laughs> for we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. The Amplified says this, indeed, we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined an inappropriate life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies, meaning meddling in other people's business. I don't know if that's a term here in Australia, meddling. In Texas, we use it. Meddling in other people's business is meddling. You got to know what's going on. You're busy. You look like you're doing a lot, but you're not doing nothing. That word idleness means insubordinate to God's word and hence fruitless. Meaning you don't take him at his word, you don't apply his word, and then you become fruitless. You're not producing any fruit at all. And we know what the Bible says in John chapter 15. If you don't produce fruit, well, he cuts you away. It's when we abide in him that he abides in us. And this is where fruit will be produced. And through that process, we will be pruned. Because the Bible says that he prunes those that he loves. The word busybody means to waste one's labor about anything. To overdo. To just waste it away. 
Meaning, where is your focus at today? And focus takes discipline. It takes discipline. No one will make you pray. Have you noticed that during this fast, it took discipline? It took a determination saying, God, I'm going to do it. My son's birthday is today. They're having some pizza and ice cream tonight for his birthday. I want that so bad. I'll be honest. But I'm too disciplined. I'm too far into this where, God, I'm not going to break it. I'm going to stay faithful to you because I know what God's doing in my life. I know what God's doing for his church. And if I don't grow, well, you don't grow. If you don't grow, this doesn't grow. Do you know that? You have need for growth. The body has need for you to grow because it affects everything else. We must develop. We must allow the word of God, the church, to equip us, to build us for the work of the ministry. God created you to serve him, to serve his purposes. It says... In verse 13, as for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. Doing good. That means to do well, to act honorably, to do what is right. Properly doing good that inspires others to rise up. Do you know that how you live your life and what you do will cause people around you to be inspired to get involved, to get connected? This is why as a church, as a body, we come into this place worshiping God, praising God, ready to give, ready to sow, ready to just give our life to him. Give everything. Lay it out all on the table. Because what I do here, what I do out there, what I do at my job, what I do at home affects everything. It affects my children. My children are only the reason, the reason why my children are a certain way is because of how I act. If I act a particular way, my children react just like me. We have been given so much from God to help you, to strengthen you. The Bible says that through his spirit, he will strengthen your inner man. Through the blood of Jesus, guess what? Through his blood, you have authority and dominion on this earth. Every possible thing that you could possibly desire or need, he's given to you. That's the goodness of our God. God told Abraham and Sarah at an appointed time, there's nothing too hard for him. The Bible says that there's absolutely nothing too hard for him. For with God, all things are possible. I can do all things, the Bible says in Philippians 14, through who? Christ, who strengthens me. Where does my strength come from? Christ. I know you're weak. I know you're feeling exhausted. I know you're feeling the weight of life. You're going to have to get in his presence. You're going to have to turn your life to him. You're going to have to turn your heart to him. The Bible says in Jeremiah 32, 17, it is, or Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. So how do I stay focused? How do I trust in the timing when God will do it? What do I do in that middle, in the in-between between the promise and between the harvest, between the, the seed being planted and when the harvest of it comes up. What do I do? 
stay focused. You stay disciplined. You stay patient. You trust in God. You honor God. You wait. The Bible says this. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, and almost done. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So when I work for the Lord, it is not in vain. Everything I do is work. Is your work unto the Lord or is it for yourself? When it comes to making decisions for your family, is it about, you know, let me help you. When I moved here, I didn't come here because I wanted to get out of America because I, I love the Aussie accent. I love footy. I love the beaches. All those things are amazing. I came here because God said to go here. I left everything. And I guarantee you there are many people today in this building that have done the same. And because so, God has honored you because you have honored him. And this is the work that we do. It's unto the Lord. If he says go, I'll go. If he says do it, I'll do it. If he says drop it, I'll drop it. If he says cut it away, I'll cut it away. I'll do it. Because I'm working unto the Lord. I'm not working in vain. Today, maybe you have unbelief. Maybe that's the issue. You have unbelief. You're faithless. You've gone through too much to where you just, you've just stepped away. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.13, if you are faithless, he remains faithful. There's a story in the Bible that we see in Mark chapter 9. There's someone that was demonically oppressed or possessed. And in verse 22 of this chapter of verse 9, or chapter 9, it says this. Actually, verse 21. He, Jesus asked the father, how long has your son been like this? How long has it been happening to him? And he said, from his childhood. And it's often cast him into fire, into water to destroy him. And this is what the man said, the father. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can? Like, really? That's what he said. If you look in how he says it, he says, if you can. Like, you really ask me if I can? Oh, I can. He says, all things are possible for those or for one who believes. Immediately, the father cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe. Help my unbelief. Today, maybe life has hit you so hard, you just got no more belief. You got no more faith. You're going to have to get back in that place with the father. You're going to have to get back to that place of believing, of trusting in God. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.